Hit it, Jackson. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to another episode of Podcast from P-Town. I am your host. I'm Josh. Just here. And Cranky's in the room, too. So, getting uh, back to on track, we've got um, nice weather coming up. It's going to be in the 80s this week. We were at the Rock Show all last week. And there wasn't rain in the foreign forecast at all, and it rained every single day. And it was cold. And I was wearing a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, and a jacket until about two hours before the rock show ended. And then the sun came out, and it was beautiful. So that's kind of the way the cookie crumbles around here. But the rain was needed. Yeah, I don't know. There's, uh, I mean, it was, yeah, a it, it was needed, but we need a lot more than that, hopefully. Uh... I don't know. I've heard of some guys that are already having to shut their irrigation off because uh, there isn't enough water, and we're only in the very first of June. I think a lot of guys are just hoping to get their first cutting done and then see what happens after that. Uh, if anybody knows the cheap prices on hay, I've got a horse out there that I don't want to have to send to the glue factory, so I need some cheap hay. So, uh, yeah, I'd probably get sent to the glue factory before the horse does but our uh not so trusty news correspondent failed to send us the news again for this week oh wait a second i think he sent it last week but it didn't come through until like after eight o'clock that night and we record a lot earlier than that let me look and see if i can think of something to talk about uh, okay measure this is from last week, so this is a little bit old. But um, so, Measure One Ten that we voted on about legalizing hard drugs in Oregon, uh, Oregon's first in the nation scheme to decriminalize drugs and encourage those caught possessing them to seek medical help has been blighted with problems. Officials admitted on Thursday uh, that there had been a seven hundred percent increase in overdoses in. Uh, this Republican district, uh, some Republican politician didn't say her name. She said there had been a 700% increase in overdoses in her district in the last year. Um, and the report said that details of Measure 110, which makes possession of personal use amounts of hard drugs punishable by a fine of up to $100. That fine, that fine can be waived if the person given the ticket calls a hotline for a health assessment. Of the 1,885 people who got tickets in the first year of the program, only 91 called the hotline. And about the rest of them are addicted. Yeah. Maybe they should send mental health professionals out to see them with the cops. That's a joke. They can talk them out of doing drugs. Yeah. Um, Oregon's education system, again... It says a majority of Oregon voters think public K-12 through education is heading in the wrong direction and would prefer to see tax dollars follow students. According to a new poll provided exclusively to the Daily Wire, uh, follow the student means any policy that allows families to take their children's education dollars to the approved education provider of their choosing. Be it traditional public schools, public charter schools, private school, virtual learning, or homeschooling. 
An even bigger majority, nearly 73%, said they generally support school choice, which lets parents use the tax dollars designated for their child's education to send their child to the public school or private school of their choice. About 56% said they strongly support school choice, and nearly 17% said they somewhat support it. Only 24% of Oregon said they oppose school choice, and less than 17% said they strongly oppose it. Uh, majority of 54% said they agreed with the statement, school choice strengthens our education system because it allows parents and students to choose the education that best serves their needs. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, in here it says that, uh, Oregon State Education, oh my gosh. Oregon State Education Board adopted updated health education standards in 2016 requiring kindergartners and first graders to come up with examples of how friends and family influence how people think they should act on the basis of their gender. In second grade, children in Oregon are taught how to recognize differences and similarities of how individuals identify regarding gender. And in third grade, the kids must be able to define sexual orientation. Why? Meanwhile... The Minstrel Dignity Act, which was passed last year by the Democrat-controlled Oregon legislature and signed by Governor Kate Brown, requires that all Oregon public schools provide free minstrel products like tampons and pads in boys' and all-gender restrooms by the end of the upcoming school year, including at elementary schools. I don't know how you're going to use a tampon if you have a penis, but, I mean, experiment. Stick it up your butt and walk around like a girl. Looks like I graduated at the right time. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you got out of there just in time. Of course, your valedictorian speech wasn't a whole lot better. Co-valedictorian. Co-valedictorian. There's a lot of things in that speech that probably needed to be said, but not at a valedictor or at a graduation ceremony. Would have been better said probably in a counselor's office or a therapist's couch. <laughs> or a therapist's couch, or maybe to the police. Hmm. Would have been some good places to bring up those types of topics. But back onto the topic of the school crap. So, for one, I don't know why you have to have minstrel products in a boy's bathroom. The word boy should define that you're not going to have minstrel issues. I've never met a man who, you know, riding the cotton pony. But... I guess if you smash your penis with a hammer once a month, you might be like a woman, just bleeding. Yeah, evidently, I don't know. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. Moving on. Oh, uh, no, the no. school choice thing, though, is cool, where the parents can choose to send their kids to a, like a charter school or a public school or, you know, but, get parents more involved in schooling. So did... Was did I hear that correctly? That they're going to they want to give the funds if this passes, they give the funds to the parents, and they have to take those funds and enroll them in school. Well, I mean, whether I you don't enroll your kid in a high level school or a public school and stuff, it doesn't really matter. It's what appeases to the child's mind and how they learn is what's going to make the big difference. You could yeah. freaking send me to Harvard, but I mean, if I'm not freaking learning anything or just not motivated to do anything i mean it's not gonna right. change anything well that's why a lot of people like in where i used to work they'd call them educated idiots because all they did was came out of college with a piece of paper yeah and that's all they got is that piece of paper yeah. you know what i mean like and uh and then they were you know 
$50,000 in debt and still working a blue-collar job or something like that. Yeah, which is why you go to a trade school, trade school or just go work in the force immediately after. Right. That way there is no debt and you can start making money. Hold on, real quick. So, I got one more thing. Back to the whole gender thing and stuff. Yeah. You know, like on those t-shirts where it's like, oh, there's more than one gender, or gay pride or something. How come you can only choose from male and female? Why not? Why is there not a t-shirt for an Apache helicopter or whatever you want to identify yep. as? Maybe I identify as a tree. Okay, well. Yeah. Why don't they have one for that gender, quote unquote? Yeah, well, I evidently. Well, see, that's what I was. I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about the LGBTQ plus. So I think even the LGBTQ plus. people are getting tired of adding on different letters. So they just say plus, and that's like a VIP pass where plus. you can just come up with whatever you want. So I say plus. Is that like the gold membership? Yeah, the it's the gold. Membership? Yeah, it's the gold membership. That's yeah. You get a seat at the head table. So, moving right along. Brother, sister, cousin, who's an Apache helicopter. What are we Let, talking about today? Let's move on to happier things. Uh, the Fleetwood Mac keyboardist died at age 70. Everybody knows Fleetwood Mac from... Uh, ben and Jerry's. No. No. Uh, from, uh, you know, Stevie Nicks and Leather and Lace and uh, Tusk and all those songs, you know? Yep. You know who Fleetwood Mac is, right? I do. Okay, good. Thought we were going to have to go through this again. Nope. Uh, Gronk announced his retirement. Thank goodness. So, uh, who knows if uh, Brady will again continue to retire or if he's going to come back or whatever. Um, our power grid is already... the. Well, I guess the temperature is down in the south and the Midwest have gotten high. But the power grid is already having problems. So, all you people that want your electric cars, um, you know... Go uh, have fun with that when you're riding a bicycle trying to generate electricity to power your car. Oh, which I didn't know this, but uh, I just found out today over, I, I can't remember if it was over this weekend, um, the Google search algorithm mm -hmm. screwed up. Did you hear about that? Mm -hmm. So it says, uh, you can actually search it on the internet. It says, uh, why do people throw their batteries into the... Uh, into the ocean and the google search engine came back with something that it powers it helps to power electric eels and uh helps the current or something like that oh yeah no. their search search engine was it was yeah there were all sorts of means you should look oh, it on your phone no. can you imagine but, getting shocked by a freaking electric eel that has like 90 volts of electricity surging through because someone threw their little tesla lithium battery in the ocean that's kind of funny. Oh, oh, let's save the planet, protect the ozone layer and stuff. I'm going to go throw my battery in the ocean. Yeah. So, moving right along. Okay, here's a pop quiz for you. Okay. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say deep throat? <laughs> why are you snickering? And why are you not saying anything? I think you guys need to get your minds out of the gutters. Well, I don't even know. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Sure, you don't. You wanna know what I was gonna say? No. No, Nobody we probably this, we don't want to rate this explicit. It rhymes with block and has four letters. Hey. So, it has to do with Watergate. Thank you very much. Deep throat. 
Yeah, Deep Throat. That was the code name given to one of the guys who was passing information on to the FBI agents. They oh, sounds like come LGBTQ has come a long way. I don't know. I, I, I didn't really research on why they called him Deep Throat. Okay. Maybe he was dating hey, Linda hey, Lovelace. Hey, hey, just keep going. Okay. So, we're going to talk about Watergate this week. Um, and I think this is actually the last episode that we're going to have that covers Richard Nixon. He's been covered more on this podcast than I think anybody else has. Yes. Um, and this one, besides being president, is probably what he will most be known about, unfortunately. And uh, so let's kind of get into it. This It, it started, well, kind of started on June 17th of 1972, and it came down to be one of the largest political scandals in U.S. history. Um. Or to rephrase it, it's probably one of the largest political scandals in U.S. history that the public knows about. They're, hmm. yeah, they're, there's, Why do you act surprised? There's probably scandals going on all the time that oh, we never hear about right. at all. No, 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 it's no not, yeah. Yeah, it's they're not going like they're going to come out and... Right it's like the old saying goes, if you like pot, politics or hot dogs, don't look at what goes into either one of them. Correct. So, um, a bit of a spoiler alert is... To what happens, the actual break-in happened in June, but the law breaking had, yeah, had all uh, it started all the way back in January of 1972. So there's going to be a bunch of names that have come up over history, and we're going to see how many of uh, these our um, guests have heard about, or our co-hosts and guests and other people. So G. Gordon Liddy. Yep. Have you heard of him? Yep. Have you? No. Have you really heard of him? He was a man in the Watergate Hotel. No, he wasn't. Oh, okay. So he was the finance counsel for the committee for the re-election of the president. Oh, that one. Yeah. yeah. And he met with the chairman of the CRP, which stands for Committee for Re-election of the President, and a couple other guys, and he brought up an idea that was meant to gain intelligence from the Democratic Party. Um... In the end, it just ended up being extensive illegal activities. So, here's another name. John Mitchell. Have you ever heard of him? Sounds familiar, actually. He's not from Mitchell. He probably... He's not related to John Wayne, even though they have kind of the same name. Oh, Mitchell and Wayne. Or John Travolta. He probably... Was a big shot. So, he was the Attorney General um, at that time. And he was one of the guys that the plan was presented to. Um, he thought that the plan was unrealistic, but he did end up approving a reduced version of the plan that involved burglarizing the Democratic National Convention's headquarters at the Watergate Hotel in Washington, D.C. So, you have a guy that's a lawyer pushing an idea to another lawyer, and there's a presidential advisor in the room and they all know that they're breaking the law. Wait, isn't your finance manager in there too? Yeah, that, well, That's the... yeah. Oh. Maybe they were so, drunk. Give well, them the benefit of the doubt. Well, and that's what I get back to when I was talking about the beginning. Do you think any of this would have come out if they hadn't gotten caught? So how often does this type of stuff happen that we don't <sighs> hear, hear about? 
And this was for an election. Do you know how many of these scandals could be going around that involve national security? Oh, probably a lot. Yeah. But there's been a lot of missed calls. I hope you sleep well on your fluffy pillow tonight, thinking about this, if you're any still listening. Um, but anyhow, uh, with the break-in, they were only supposed to photograph documents and install some lif- listening devices, kind of like what they did at the Trump Plaza in the 2016 election. Um... And to drive this even deeper, Liddy was supposed to be in charge of this, but he said that he was duped by John Dean, who was the presidential counsel, and some of his subordinates. So when uh, it when it all came out, Liddy kind of back and said that, oh no, I you know I didn't know what was going on and stuff, and it was his I think an idea. Um, but John Dean and his uh, subordinates, who actually were in the CIA. So now you have this. So now you've got the committee to reelect the president. Mm-hmm. You got the attorney general. Yep. You got presidential advisors, mm-hmm. and now you've got the uh, what was that guy? Presidential counsel, and now you've got the CIA involved in this, right? Well, one of the guys from the CIA figured that they should bring in a guy from the FBI to handle the wiretapping. So now you've got the FBI involved in it. Um. Who thinks the government agencies didn't work well together? So they hired this uh, ex-FBI guy to uh, perform the wiretapping, and he was put up in the Howard Johnson across the street from the Watergate Hotel. So on May 28th of 1972, they wiretapped two of the phones of a couple of the people within the DNC, the Democratic National Convention, and one of them was the executive director of the Association of the State Democratic Chairmen, and then the other was the DNC chairman. And things were going well for a while. Things were running pretty smooth. But they decided that the wiretaps needed some repairs. So they planned a second break-in on June 17th. And so they're in there doing their thing. Oh, this is kind of funny too, actually. And after some time, or after midnight, a security guard happened to notice that there was tape on the latches of some of the doors that were leading from the parking garage to the offices. And this would allow the doors to close, but the locking mechanism would be blocked off. Mm-hmm. You know, I like push right. the crash bar and mm-hmm. yeah. So he originally thought it was no big deal. So he removed the tape and he went on about his business. And as he was making his rounds again, he noticed that there was tape back on the doors that he had previously removed. And so he called the police. So newsflash, it wasn't Forrest Gump that figured it out. Because remember in that movie, in the Forrest Gump movie, when he's looking down, Forrest Gump was staying in the hotel across, Mm -hmm. and he called the cops and he says, hey, there's somebody over in this uh, hotel across the way. I think they're looking for a light switch or something because I see him walking around with flashlights. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's all coming together now, Uh isn't it? But that wasn't true. That was a fictional movie. I know. Just checking. It was real. So, um... The cops ended up showing up. Uh, so the ex-FBI guy, by the way, his name was Baldwin. And he was supposed to be the spotter uh, that was in the hotel across the street. Well, he got busy watching Attack of the Puppet People on TV. And he missed the cops showing up at the hotel. And he also didn't notice them investigating the sixth floor offices. And by the time he re- noticed uh, all this going on, he radioed the other guys. But it was too late. So your so, spotter was watching Muppets. 
No, attack of the attack of the puppet. Attack of the puppet people. Whatever. He wasn't what a good attention. spotter. Yeah, that's a pretty good spotter. So, um, the police ended up arresting five guys, and they also found lockpicking equipment and around twenty three hundred dollars in cash. Which, who carries around twenty three hundred dollars in cash on them? Even if there was five guys, that, that means all each of them were carrying like four hundred and seventy five dollars in cash on them. Who carries that much money around with them? It's not like they were going in there to pay somebody off. Oh, I don't know. Um, they also had 40 rolls of film that had been unexposed, and a couple of cameras, and then some tear gas guns, I guess in case they ran into any problems. So the administration tried to immediately cover it up, but on September 15th, uh, these guys were indicted, and they were sentenced on January 30th of the next year. That was quick. Well, June to September, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So many of the burglars were announced as being uh, Cuban freedom fighters, but here's another guy, E. Howard Hunt. Nope. I think he was part of the Hunt Brothers, too, actually, that had tried to corner the market on the silver back in the day. Uh, his name was found in a couple of their address books. Uh, Hunt was an officer in the CIA, so immediately it was getting harder and harder to try to cover this thing up. Uh, funny enough, he was involved, actually, in another clandestine operation that was sanctioned by the White House to try and stop any leaks that were going on at the time. So he was creating leaks, but he was in another operation that was trying to stop leaks. Uh, so... As for Nixon, he wasn't given any advance notice of the break-in, supposedly. Uh, and here's a little-known fact that proves that, that many of the president's conversations are taped. Mm -hmm. And it was one of these tapes that he actually found out about the break-in. It was a lot of the, um, in the Oval Office or whatever, a lot of those conversations are taped. Mm -hmm. And um, he found out about the break-in in one of those meetings after the fact. Um, even though he didn't know so this is where he kind of starts going downhill even though he may not have known about the break-in um, he tried to get the CIA to block the FBI's investigation into who funded this whole thing Nixon also was cited as saying that he was proud of how Dean had looked into it when he hadn't actually done anything Nixon was saying that Dean oh yeah he was doing a good job leave no stone unturned and all this other mm -hmm. stuff but he hadn't actually really even done anything, anything. on it. Yeah. So um, he then went on to say that no one within the White House or his administration knew anything about it. And, you know, this is, like I said, kind of where the tide could have turned for him. I think if he would have just been upfront and honest about it, maybe, or something. I mean, it may not have gone as bad as it did, but he was trying to cover it up. So That's a lot of cover-up. Well, yeah. So in the aftermath of this, it, it also came out... Oh, it gets worse, by the way. It also came out that John Mitchell's wife was aware, aware of what had gone on. And he also knew that she knew who McCord was. And by her knowing that, it would immediately start linking this whole thing back to Nixon. So there's this McCord guy tied into it. Great. And it, John Mitchell's wife knew this McCord. Okay. And so... They figured it was all going to start going back to Nixon, and he had feared that she would go to the media with all this. So she was basically kidnapped and held hostage inside the Watergate Hotel. Who kidnapped her? 
they I think it was the guys from the uh, CIA or CRP or something. They kept her in a room. She actually tried to jump off the balcony once to try to escape. Oh. Um, How we, high up was she? I don't know. Because, I, I, I mean, anything above three stories or so, you're not escaping. Unless you're in that uh, movie, uh, Harley Davidson and the Mar- Marlboro Man, because they jumped off like 25 stories and landed in a pool and lived. Well, yeah. All right. Wasn't a very deep pool either. Anywho. Yeah, like... So, um, where are we at now? So, obviously, the media did get involved in this, and they started uncovering different things, showing that this went a lot deeper than originally su- suggested. It was uncovered that this was all the way at the top of the CIA, the FBI, the Justice Department, and a few others. Uh, they also started tracking the money back and found out how this all played a role in it. Uh, but originally, the media didn't really seem to realize this as big of a story as it was, um, and they almost started to downplay it, kind of the opposite of what they did with COVID. What? Where they started to upplay that. Mm. Uh, There were even newspapers that were going against the Washington Post. Um, But on this one, it seems the Post was the ones that were in the right. Washington Post is a horrible newspaper and they should probably burn. (laughs) Um, Eventually, Nixon did end up uh, shooting himself in the foot with this whole deal. He knew that he needed to get uh, some distance uh, or he needed to distance himself from the people near him that had been found to have been involved in this. But he needed to do it in a way that made sure that he wasn't really, um, that this wasn't really the cause of it kind of thing, you know, kind of get rid of him quietly. So basically they started a cover-up of the cover-up. And these guys would end up going to prosecutors to try and save the president, saying that he didn't know about what was going on. So, Nixon, he did end up getting rid of some of these guys, and uh, it did seem to help him out a bit, but the tapes uh, started having to be released that contained quite a bit of crucial information against him. And also, they found some of the tapes had quite a bit of information erased on them. Uh, They found one tape that they listened to, and there was like almost 18 minutes of footage that had been erased that the criminal or the, the special tape player guys, investigators listened to mm-hmm. and uh they found out that there was a bun- bunch of footage and his secretary uh said some deal about she forgot to hit re-record or something when she was writing it down or dictating it or something i don't know mm. um so they tried to cover that part the tape thing up as well uh if it, it yeah a lot of problems came from all the covering up of the cover-ups that they were doing mm-hmm. So, on finally, on August 5th of 1974, the smoking gun tape came out. And this was recorded, actually, just a few days after the break-in had occurred. And this tape basically documented the beginnings of the cover-up. And this showed that Nixon was trying to cover up, cover up the whole thing from the very beginning. Um, when they, so, when they initially found out about all this, um, instead of... It seems like the first thing that Nixon went to was, we need to cover this up. Like, instead of researching alternate ideas of what they could do, he was like, we need to cover this thing up. So, that basically destroyed him. Uh, Nixon met with some congressmen, and they basically told him that he hardly had any support left in Congress. Uh, So, Congress and the Senate and everybody, they started having meetings about all this stuff. 
and they told him that the articles of impeachment were going to be drafted and he would be imp impeached. So on August 8th of 1964, Nixon resigned from his presidency. Uh, luckily for him, though, get this, about a month later, Gerald Ford, who was who took over for him, gave him a full and unconditional pardon. Of course he did. So there could be no prosecution against him for it. And like I said, this was one of the most documented scandals in U.S. government history, and the keyword was documented. <laughs> um, there's other scandals, you know, like how, you know, a guy getting elected has a ton of votes come in at like 2 a.m. in the morning. Or like dead people in Michigan were found voting. Yeah, I can't figure out how all my dead relatives decided to vote Democrat after being Republican their whole life. Apparently, if, Nixon yeah. didn't know the Clintons back then. No, um, about Biden. I don't know if he knew the Clintons back then or not, because if you look, uh, ooh, I don't know, because there was, so he was running against Ronald Reagan, so he knew him back then, but there was that... Um, uh, no, what's that place down in California that Papa always talks about uh, where all the rich people go and they have their secret meetings and they pray to the sacred owl or whatever? Illuminati? I have no idea. Well, it's kind of like that. It's, uh, crap, I can't remember the name of it. But anyhow, my point being... But anyhow, all these famous guys go down there and they have these meetings. And at one of those meetings, it was actually, they said that um, Nixon and Reagan, like, said... Reagan told him, he says, I'm going to let you be president this time, and then I'll take it up after you. Hmm. So we had Nixon, and then Gerald Ford took over after Nixon. Then we had uh, Jimmy Carter. You know what Jimmy Carter farmed? Uh, no. You don't? Uh, Bohemian Grove? Bohemian Grove, yeah. Yeah, Bohemian Grove, that's the name. Do some research on Bohemian Grove, all you people, if you're still listening. Uh, he didn't grow coffee beans. Sorry. Wheat. No. Sugar? He came from Georgia. Peaches. No. Tea. No. Tennessee Cocaine. whiskey. No. Tobacco. No. Cotton. No. Peanuts. How Peanuts come hell? from Georgia? Uh, evidently, they come, come from, from Jimmy Carter's ranch. Oh, that's cool. Or farm. And also, Jimmy Carter was one of the only presidents who said that he's seen a UFO. Oh, good grief. I'm sure Biden has seen one. Ask Biden him. probably sees all sorts of crap. I think he sees a lot of energy. I think he's seeing stars after he wrecked on his bicycle the other day. Did he, oh, was yeah. that what that meme was about? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, he, he wrecked his bike. They got to put the training wheels back on, I think. Oh, poor guy. I wonder if uh, Chlamydia Harris stroked his head and told him everything was going to be all right. And put a little uh, glow-in-the-dark bandages on yeah. his boo-boos. And gave him a sucker. And gave him a sucker. Okay. okay, so, anyhow... Um, I heard this on another podcast, uh, just to finish this off with, and I think both of these guys have heard it, but I'm going to tell all of you it. They recently did a study that they found that there is no uh, pay difference between the genders. They actually did a study, and they found out that um, the pay difference thing was all a big farce now, because they found that men generally apply for jobs like doctors or lawyers or scientists. High-paying jobs. Women usually apply for do jobs like female doctors, female lawyers, and female scientists. So. Nothing like a little bit of sexism to, to, finish, end, the, to finish off the show. <laughs> yep. So I hope you guys will continue to listen to us. Um, 
I hope you're all having a good week. My son is writing a letter to me that says... It's a wage gap. Oh, oh good grief. <laughs> okay, so now I'm going to go stick a gun barrel in my mouth. <laughs> and um, have a good week. Uh, go out there and give us a... a you know what? You can even go out there and give us a one-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just give us a rating. Because I think we've got 14 ratings total on Apple Podcasts. And I just checked it before we came on, and we've had over 4,000 listens. Wow. So that's not too bad over uh, almost two years. It hasn't been two years. What? Yeah, it's it'll be two years in November or sometime like that. Yeah. I think you're smoking that top shelf booth. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna give my parents a new wallpaper across the ceiling with the new box of shelves Dad bought me for our skeet shooting tournament. <laughs> Have a good rest of your week, and uh, we will see you guys on the next one. Okay, stay safe. See y'all later. Don't spend too much money on gas.